Hey, what's up, everyone? And welcome back to yet again another episode of the Boxing One Playoff Edition. And yeah, here we are. Uh, we are down to the last two teams of these of these playoffs. You know, after like about a month and a half or so of like actually some really entertaining uh, playoff matchups, and we're down to the last two teams. And I'm hoping this one, this finals matchup, will be very entertaining. Love, like really high stakes moments for both teams. So hoping for the best. But before we go into our finals uh, preview, we always go with start off with the main headlines. So, Faze, as always, you take it away. Yes, sir. So, as Jerry was saying, the Suns and the Bucks are playing in this year's finals. Um, game one was last night. Everyone knows what a performance Chris Paul put up. Literally put up, I think, what, like 32 points and nine assists. So, you can see Phoenix Suns, they came out aggressive. They came out their foot on the gas. Um, People had concerns about Giannis Antetokounmpo playing, but he did show up for game one. And it looks like he's close to 100%, I'd say about 90% there. Um, Middleton had a decent game. However, Drew Holiday struggled very much from the field, and that would be concerning the Bucks want to win because in order to beat the Suns team, you need all the big three to be firing on all cylinders. Absolutely. But, uh, Definitely agree. So, yeah. Um, another, another news. So, the ESPN network has been in been under some hot water lately uh, due to one of the uh, the main uh, hosts, Rachel Nichols, host of you might know the uh, the show The Jump, uh, came on the fire for um, many speculate it would be it's like some sort of like a racist rant due to the fact that um, one of the also the hosts of the Inside uh, NBA Countdown, um, Maria Taylor, um, was able to receive a contract extension. And apparently, like I think it was like surface the rant surfaced like during a recording from like the 2020 bubble and uh, last year's playoffs. And like um, there was apparently it's, like a hidden camera like near a room, and like apparently the conversation was recorded in. And um, that thing came back again. And now, um, so ESPN apparently uh, had to take action. So they removed Rachel Nichols from being a silent reporter for these finals and inserted Malika Andrews. Um, as a, re- a replacement, and possibly, you know, we don't know. Maybe like her show, The Jump, um, might also be terminated due to these uh, allegations. So, um, lots of stuff's been happening around the network. Hopefully, things will be like smooth, like everything be like cleared up, and yeah, and things will be move forward. So, like, interesting about that is that like she said this stuff during like the height of the Black Lives Matter movement, and you know, like controversy already with like ESPN trying to diversify their reporters and I mean this is definitely not a good sign for her um uh, yeah you, right, exactly I think like she stuff. I think like when it comes to within the network I think Rachel is probably one of the biggest voices when it comes to like advocating for like like the diversity and like all like the minority groups and then somehow it kind of like might like opposes that which kind of seems a bit contradictory on her part so not really much you can say about that really as much yeah, um, but now moving on to some head coaching signings, um, a lot of movement around the market, but one person that has not moved around is Nate McMillan. Um, he will be signing a four-year extension with the Atlanta Hawks, and I mean, you can see what he did with this team. I mean, everyone counted them out against the Knicks. I counted them out against the Knicks, not just because I'm from New York, but like he put together a really good team. They took out the Knicks in five games. They took out the 76ers, the number one seed in seven games, and basically took the Bucks to six with Trey being injured for about two games. So um, he's been doing a remarkable job. He's one of the better head coaches in the league. He was running circles around Doc Rivers in that 76ers series, and I think Atlanta, you know, they're built for championship caliber team i think they're missing maybe one or two more important pieces before they're like legit contenders but he's done an excellent job um planning strategy defensive matchups 
matchups, putting um, Trey Young and the Hawks in the position to succeed both offensively and defensively. So uh, very high for Nate McMillan. Absolutely. Uh, huge congrats for Nate, for Nate McMillan being able to, like, he took over the position for the Hawks um, like, like midway through the season and really turned his team around to um, really become like a really good uh, playoff contender as we saw that they're able to go all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. And yeah, this is like a very young group of really like aspiring players, like really want to establish their roles into the NBA and like Trey Young becoming like a up and coming superstar uh, for this league for years to come. And yeah, I mean, this is a great, great um, step forward for the Hawks. I'm like, really proud of this organization and uh, huge congrats, well-deserved uh, extension for Nate. So besides with Nick McMillan signing with the Hawks, uh, we got Jason Kidd, a former member of that 2011 Dallas Mavericks championship team, is now the head coach for the Mavs. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, um, not only have really much much opinions about this, but probably I think that given how Jason Kidd himself as a player, like really one of the premier point guards during his generation, and like I think like it's really going to take Luca to like a whole nother level as, as much as, as high as he's already been in these past several years for uh, for Doncic's career. Um, I'm just really, really going to see like how's he able to utilize the rest of the players as, um, uh, cohesively in order to really give like Luca the help that he needs in order to like really make a playoff push. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Jason Kidd already is one of like the premier like assistant coaches that we've seen I think what played with like the Lakers and maybe had a stint with the Bucks before and I mean he is very uh has very high basketball IQ I'm sure he can transform um the Mavs into a more like contending worthy team um if the Mavs do get Kawhi Leonard which I don't know will happen but they're among the teams pushing for that um it'll be interesting to see how uh Jason Kidd will be able to coach all these different personalities I mean you already have Luka I mean the dude's a superstar arguably a top 10 player in the league um yeah, that's crazy. Um, but the ex-Mavs coach Rick Carlisle now going to Indiana. So um, Indiana is, I think, one of those teams that fly under the radar because nobody really cares about them, sort of middle of nowhere. But um, Rick Carlisle is a very highly regarded coach. I mean, he had he has finals appearances with the Mavericks um, during the Nowitzki days. Um, he's led the Mavericks to like a few, I don't know how many, like nine straight postseasons. Like that. I don't remember the exact number, but he, he's a very like high credible caliber type um, coach and I think Indiana needs that more than ever because after they lost Victor Oladipo, they've sort of you know on been on the decline. But uh, maybe Ricardo can change anything. You know they got Harris Levert, um, and yeah, that's about it. All right, and finally Chauncey Billups is now signing with the Portland Trailblazers as their head coach, and I think this is probably one of the more polarizing signings given how um, Chauncey Billups um, had. A, an allegation like around like 1990 like around the 19 late 1990s about like maybe like some sort of sexual assault um allegation and many people were not really fond of him signing with the Blazers. some speculate this might be a last straw for damian lillard probably sticking the organization maybe potentially might part ways on uh, free agency um but you know i think like like given like all the controversy aside i think like chauncey billups has like the experiences we know that part of championship team with the Pistons and like really had like the player um, experience himself and be able to probably perhaps catalyze um, like this group of uh, Blazers teams uh, players to be able to really kind of get things together and be able hopefully perhaps like making it to the conference finals once again so yeah um, not much to say more about that so a lot a lot of 
names moving around, um, players move around too. We'll see what happens this offseason. Um, but one player, which is not related to this, but Luka Doncic um, is leading Slovenia to their first Olympic berth while Canada fails to qualify. So, I mean, this just speaks to the greatness of like Luka Doncic. I mean, Slovenia is basically him and bunch of nobodies. I don't really know anybody else in Slovenia. Um, but Canada surprisingly failed to qualify despite having Andrew Wiggins, um, Dylan Brooks. Usually have Jamal Murray, but uh, he's injured right now. But it's surprising to see Canada can't can qualify. They got RJ Barrett as well. Yeah, that is kind of kind of a surprise as well. I mean, like I believe that Canada is like the second most team with uh, NBA uh, talent, you know. And I believe they lost to the Czech Republic with, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, in overtime and yeah i mean this is kind of a shock for canada but um you know s- things happen might, might happen that way but regardless you know we do we know the united states is probably the like the pre- presumptuous favorites to win the gold medal given like how much talent that this country has with the nba so but this is huge props for luka Doncic being able to kind of like really set himself as a leader like leading his country to their first ever olympics berth and yeah we're glad like happy to see that he's gonna like really gonna represent his country and hopefully make a some good progress in the olympics tournaments so congrats to him you know what's interesting is uh jason tatum's i think wearing number 10 for team usa and that was the number that kobe wore. that's right i believe kobe wore that number during his olympic years yeah i mean I think it's I think it's definitely well deserved for Tatum. I mean, like pretty much Tatum was, like idolizes Kobe a lot, and pretty much in a way, like their games are kind of like sim- like almost similar to each other. Like especially like, their build as um, physical physique and all that. So yeah, really proud of Tatum. Really really trying to carry on Kobe's legacy um, for years to come. So yeah, that's all the major headlines um, throughout these past weeks. But we got first got to recap what happened. During the conference finals, uh, both the West and the East, and so we'll start with the Western Conference Finals between the Suns and the Clippers. And the Suns win uh, in six games, and pretty much like obviously it's because like Kawhi was not able to participate, wasn't able to play in the series. I think many of us were expecting the Suns were able to win, but you know we got to give credit to credits due for like the Clippers as well, like being able to reach the conference finals for the first time in its in its history. Um, you know, being able to overcome a 2-0 deficit against the Mavs and a 2-0 deficit against the, the Jazz. So, and, like, really, we're going to see, like, a lot of players, like like Reggie Jackson was able to, like, really, like, really show like, what he's made up for this league. And, like, Terrence Mann, I mean, that this young this young kid is really showing his worth for the league. And, you know, and finally, Paul George. I mean, last year's playoff uh, was definitely um, deserved a lot of scrutiny, a lot of criticism, and he really took it. Um, took it a lot and really showed him, really turned things around. I think he was like the one of the only players to um, score 20 plus in I think 18 straight games in these playoffs. Well, so really huge turnaround for him. But the Suns, you know, with CP3, Deepook, Aiden, and, and pretty much their entire scoring cast were just too much for the Suns to, for the Clippers to handle. Mm-hmm. Um, this was actually a very like interesting series. Like the first two games were actually very close. The first game where Booker I think had a 40 point triple double. I think the Suns won by maybe six or something like that and then that second game I mean really you know that value the infamous you know, um, value game mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, DeAndre Ayton. I mean, the dude's one of the most consistent players we've seen. I mean, as a number one pick, he's not as flashy as Luca or Trey, but I mean, he does his job extremely well. I think even last night, what he dropped like 22 points, 19 boards, or something like that. I mean, he's a dominant big man. Um, gets what he wants, and that that was a very critical game because if if the Clippers decided like tie up the series one one, it would have changed the momentum a lot. Even though there's no Kawhi Leonard, I mean, there's still right, the, that's the thing. Clippers had a lot of fight. With them. And I think during that game, um, Paul George, like he had a really good stretch towards the end of the game, and like they were, he was able to get the Clippers, uh, I believe, a two-point lead. But then he uh, unfortunately uh, missed <laughs> two critical free throws, which give which gave the chance for the Suns to drop that play and really get that game winner go up to nothing. And Probably, I'm awfully sure that like those two missed free throws would probably haunt Paul George a lot, despite how he's able to turn things around for him during these playoffs. Like in times when it matters the most, like he's got to make those free throws. And this is kind of a surprise as well, because like Paul George is usually one of the best free throw shooters um, out there. The Clippers themselves are, I believe, the best free throw shooting team in the league. So this is definitely like him under under pressure and wasn't able to capitalize on it. And yeah. Um, I mean, good for him for me for being able to turn things around when you're down three-one. He put up that forty-one point game in Phoenix to kind of really uh, keep their hopes, playoff hopes alive. But then in Game Six, um, we know how things turn out for CP3 when it comes to these critical games. He was he was up three-one with the Clippers in 2015, blew that one, and people might think that they might have blown again if they since they were at game they were they had a potential to clinch it in Game Five at home and all the pressures on them in game six but cp3 knows that he's got to take things take matters with his own hands drop a 41 points probably this is probably one of his best performance in his career honestly because he went like 16 to 24 from the field and that eight assists no turnovers i mean this this guy really wanted to get to the finals first for the first time in his career and we you know we, we definitely saw the emotion he had towards the end of the game like like he has, he had so many heartbreaking losses. Like he was so close of uh, reaching that final stage, and all the mo- all the injuries that he had, like throughout those his playoff career, just it was like a huge moment for him. So yeah, they made it. Um, they really did. I think um in that game six, I think he had like thirty or thirty one points in the second half itself, which is like the highest in his career. So. Like people saying like he was washed up and he, like he went to Oklahoma City and almost like basically took that Rockets team to seven games last year in the pandemic bubble. Um, but, I mean, this dude, he can play, although he plays 30 minutes, like the Suns have such a good supporting cast around them and such defined roles that he doesn't need to be playing like 38 minutes like LeBron and like Paul George have to play. He can play 30 and still impact the game on a really high level. I think that's what's like contributing to him, like being there in the long run, you know, guiding all the players to make the right moves. He's basically a coach on the floor. Yes, sir. All right, so now moving on to Eastern Conference Finals between the Bucks and the Hawks. And just like the Suns, the Bucks also win their, this series in six games. And this was also quite an eventful series as well. Um, so in game one, uh, Trey Young put up 48 points, and that's pretty much a really good win for the Hawks. And I think beyond the mo- pretty much the defining moment in that game was when he had that shimmy uh, in that quarter, knocked it down, and... Yeah, um, I mean, he had his moments, but possibly the Bucks really took that personal and put up like they won the next game by like what 35, 39 points or so, and then took the game three. And that game three was probably one of the most important games of this series because that was the game that Trion got injured. 
because uh, he inadvertently um, stepped up the referee's foot. Um, definitely, I think it was just a freak accident. It's like he was unaware that the referee was there. <laughs> like, I don't think there's really any malintent. Like, do you really think like, the refs are like intentionally injuring <laughs> their players? Um, it was really tough for him, like being able to, like he had, like, had to miss two games. And then um, Chris Middleton uh, in that fourth quarter came up huge. I think he put up like 20 points, 20, 20, 23 points in that game to really seal the deal, get this um, back in the series. Um, yeah, I mean, like, both like Trae Young and eventually Giannis in game four ended up getting injured. Like, and like Giannis' injury in that game was, I mean, a lot of us saw it and it did not look great. Um, that hyperextended knee did not look really good. And people feared that he might form an ACL. Potentially, but thankfully, uh, he's all good to go because we saw him in game one yesterday at the finals. So, yeah, I mean, despite like Giannis' absence, people were really riding off the riding off the Bucks and all. But you know, Middleton Holiday really stepped up tremendously, especially for Holiday. Like he was like I think like for both games five and six, that like, he really like set the tempo for the Bucks team to like really go at go at the Hawks in the beginning of the game to really kind of build momentum and. Yeah, congrats to them. Uh, making the finals for the first time as, you know, two field last two playoffs were like definitely like really underachieved a lot. So yeah, huge congrats. Yeah, we don't know if we'll uh, make it past the finals though, because the Suns seems looking kind of scary. The Suns team is definitely really dangerous. So yeah, with that out of the way, really, um, what do you think of these finals? It's just time for Face's big take. Um Okay, so Giannis is basically back to full health, and based on my calculations, I will be taking the Suns in five games. Um, I think that game one was a really big statement. When a lot of people saying, "Oh, Milwaukee, oh, that's a good loss," I mean, Jay Crowder literally put up one point, and like Booker was like shooting thirty something percent from the field. Like they're not going to do this on a normal basis. So, I think Phoenix is just a more complete team. Um, I don't know how well like Milwaukee's going to show up. They they couldn't guard Phoenix for the life of them. Like. Chris Paul really got whatever he yeah, wanted. I mean, like, especially with CP3 running the offense that game, um, they just really don't have any answer. Especially like, even with like Drew Holiday was matched up with him. Like, we know that Drew Holiday is one of the premier uh, point point defenders in this league, and that he really wasn't able to make any impact for like pulling off CP3 or anything um, at all. So, yeah, I mean, like Suns in five, I think like could possibly, but I might give them in six. Mostly because, like, because I was still skeptical about whether Giannis is going to come back to play in this series, and yet he's because like he was like really gradually like becoming full health. Yet like he had a pretty lackluster game yesterday. Um, yeah, because like he was still recovering from that knee injury. But hopefully, as a, as the series progresses, um, hopefully he'll become like in full form, like really dropping like 30 and 12 and like three blocks a game. Um, really just becoming that real like huge paint uh, interior. Um, force that he's he's been throughout these playoffs and you know Middleton's like I mean he he put up 29 points but I think it was like a really quiet 29 for him like I'm, I'm definitely sure that he'll definitely step up like especially he had, like he had huge games uh, against the Hawks that um in that series and definitely Drew Holiday's got to step up as well and really gonna bring his defense back at a, at a highest level as well so Despite that, like even with like all the adjustments that the Bucks can make, I think like, the Suns are just gonna be too much for them. Like they're just like probably one of the deepest teams uh, in the NBA, and this probably would be CP3's first ring. So I I put them in Suns in six. That's fair enough. Yeah, I give them a game here or there. I don't care as long as Phoenix wins. <laughs> you gotta I'm be happy. generous, you know. I guess. <laughs> so 
Um, yeah, I guess that might wrap up for this episode. If there's anything else you want to add, face. Um. No, I mean it'll just be interesting to see how this final pans out. I think none of us really expected these two teams in the beginning with all like these heavyweights like the Nets and the Lakers, but it's interesting to see these two teams come together. I think a lot of people slept on Phoenix. Um, I personally did. I didn't think they'd be this good, but you know I'm, I'm excited for this finals. Game one was entertaining towards the end. The Bucks made a run, but again, I think the Suns basically had in control for most of it. Yeah, I'm really happy with like, like these two teams, it's like two small market teams who really didn't have. Like the flashiest like um superstars like free agency signings and all that no not really any super teams at all really like if i remember correctly Giannis and middleton were part of that like disastrous bucks team in like 2013 14 where they lost like 66 67 games and yet they pulled through into their finals uh years later so i expect to like be like a really entertaining series for both teams so this is there's definitely a fan street for the nba Yes, sir. Alrighty, guys, that wraps up for this episode. Thank you all for listening. And as always, be sure to stay tuned for future content. Yes, sir. We appreciate y'all. Big dubs coming. Alrighty. Later, folks.